At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. With The Radiator, good evening. It's The Rocket Shop, and I am your host, Tom Proctor. With me tonight is Ariel Zavon with Gaylord DeWald. Hello, guys. Hi. How are you both this evening? Well. Doing all right. Well enough. Good. <laughs> I feel like some of the weather is tinged that answer. A little bit tingy. It is a bit dingy tonight. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys will brighten all of our spirits. Uh, we do like. I'll take that laughter as uh, as, as confirmation of that. Um, we do really like starting with a song. So, uh, if you'd like to introduce your first piece and take it away. Yeah. yeah. What? I was just gonna yeah. suggest. No. <laughs> Do, let's just do digitize and. Uh, we have a little mini medley to little, start. Yeah, we'll do that one. And then yeah. Fantastic. Which is uh, Digitize My Heart and Detangler, which are off of the album The Detangler, but revisited anew with Gaylord DeWald. <laughs> are you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just a soulful girl in an adamant world. Searching for tenderness, power to strangers. Thank you. 
hurts my heart. Detangler there buying Ariel Zvon, uh, Zvon and Gaylord DeWald. Um, so my first question's got to be, uh, how did you two meet? You you come from different musically genre backgrounds uh, and you seem to be combining, or, or at least so, <laughs> as much as I've heard, of you both uh, singly, um, so it's it's an unusual collaboration from from my perspective. So maybe you could help me understand that a little bit more. Sure, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we actually, well, we knew each other, kind of, not yeah. really. Yeah, we went to the same college many some years ago. <laughs> Just yesterday, Just as it were. <laughs> So we both uh, went to Marlborough College and uh, kind of knew of yeah, each other, but yeah. didn't. We overlapped briefly. Overlapped briefly. Yeah. Um, but so when, I think through social media and other musicians, it was like, oh yeah, I, I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the guy who plays the double bass with the long hair and the ponytail and the glasses. Yeah. He's that yeah, guy. Which doesn't really like narrow it down. It doesn't. Yeah. There's a lot it's of like that. double yeah. bass player yeah. with a ponytail. I know. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that's what it is. Yeah, and then we were, uh, Gaylord came into a group that I was trying to work with for a little brief moment, and then that fizzled. And then I kind of, he said he didn't have time at that time. <laughs> so a little bit while later, I decided to try again and say, So, do you really not have time, or yeah. do you think you might? have a little time yeah and, yeah and you were like oh i kind of want to do my stuff but like a little bit more experimental and i was like oh okay yeah i've got lots of time for that i've got time for that oh, suddenly okay. had lots then of i time. suddenly like oh my calendar's wide open you know? were you a bit more arm's length when you were imagining it was going to be more folk well just you know, what i do is pretty you know specific and unusual and sometimes people are like oh i need a bass player and i'm like you know roots and fifths and stuff which i love doing but there are lots of people that can do that and um so i try to focus on the things where it's someone's like oh i want you to do that thing that you do you know and um that's what it felt like ariel was asking for and <laughs> so um so i was like yeah let's do that i'd love to do that so i've been uh i feel really lucky um that she's allowed me to kind of run with her material with her songs and you know and collaboratively we've been kind of building it out with the electronics and with the bass kind of being all over the place in its kind of free improv way so um it took me a while to realize oh yeah that's what she wants and so once it got through my skull then it was like yeah let's do it and ariel i keep mentioning you kind of come from a more folky background and um which I, I hope I'm characterizing that correctly. If I'm not, please let me know. Well, yeah, sort of 70s music can be sort of broad-stroked called folk music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose I was listening to your, your folk duo album earlier, so I suppose that's kind of stuck more in my head yeah, than, yeah. than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that came out uh, in, in 2017 yep. called Marshlands. Um, and as I understand, I had a little look on your website today and... You were uh, a few years back went out into the sticks and started living off grid, yeah. and and you know that all kind of goes hand in hand with our unplugged um, sure. traditional style right. of music. So, uh, what was the spark that made you think, ah, yeah, no, I don't want to take this in an electronic. I want to take this in an experimental direction. Um. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if I really had that specific thought. Because I don't ever really know how to categorize my stuff, my music. So it is, um, you know, I definitely am influenced by a great variety of music from folk to bizarre land and avant-garde and crazy. So, And my, you know, my background before this lifetime. <laughs> before having kids and homesteading and all of that was theater and it was very much avant-garde theater and paving you know improvisational and cutting edge and both you know always trying to bust through you know new territory on stage and stuff so so in that sense 
you know, the experimental style and improvisational style of music makes sense. What I love about working with Gaylord is that as a musician, I am not able really to improvise much because I'm not, and I don't say this and it sounds like I'm being disparaging, but I'm just not a very talented pianist or guitar player. So I can't just like start ripping off scales and going all over the place and doing whatever. And so I can just do what I do, which is very simple. <laughs> and when Gaylord accompanies me, all of a sudden it sounds like this wild ride of... It's funny that you say that, I always <laughs> think of it almost the other way around, where it's like the kind of playing that I do, it's hard to find other musicians that are able to like hang on for the ride huh. in a way. So. Huh. Like some of my other <laughs> improv friends will be like, oh, what's that like? You're playing in that folk duo. You know, they're kind of like right. in the other direction. And I'll be like, well, you wouldn't believe she's got this rock solid sense of time. I can do whatever <laughs> I want and she's going to land right where it needs to it's land. That's which all she knows how to do. Well, I know, but it, it for me as a player, it frees me right up. Yeah. You know, normally as a bass player, I'm like, okay, I got to keep everyone in line or whatever and watch out for the person who's dragging or rushing or whatever. But with you, it's just like your time is so locked in that <laughs> I can like dance around the beat all I want and it's not Fantastic. going anywhere. So it's because when I'm I like playing, it. I'm just like, just, just play yeah. the thing. <laughs> just yeah. play the thing that I wrote. It works Don't for me. deviate because if yeah. I deviate, I lose it. Yeah. It works. It works out. Anyways, it works. So that's how it works. And Gaylord, you, your, your kind of solo music and, and the music that you create with Community of Sound mm -hmm. uh, is, is very kind of roots improvisational, very experimental, very avant-garde, mm -hmm. as if you kind of alluded to, Ariel. So this is a lot more, um, a bit more surface level than what there's I'm used to. And choruses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot more structure to it yeah. than I'm used to listening to you from your kind of music. Yeah. So. How does playing with Ariel uh, feel in terms of uh, of you taking a step, as you said, kind of more towards this folk yeah, level? Well, a lot of this stuff that I think about is like the texture of sound and what, um, you know, how the sounds sort of feel in your ears, you know? So it's, that's the stuff that interests me most about music. And one of the nice things about working with Ariel's lyrics is that the lyrics are often, they have some crazy, interesting allusions to texture and ideas. So it's trying to like, for me, I'm trying to take, I'm taking the lyrical content and the structure and saying, well, if I wasn't going to do normal roots and fifths, but I was still going to have a structure, like this will be the part with the weird spectral bowing and this other part will be the part with the crazy fly all over the place pizzicato lines and, and to give those formal those distinctions in form through texture rather than through harmonic progression um because ariel's nailing it to the wall with the harmonic progression i don't have to worry about that i can just be purely textural sounds and i think like in within the larger music universe like if you look at the quote unquote lo-fi rap scene or any of that stuff, the SoundCloud music, like there's tons of this kind of thing going on with found sound and field recordings and other kinds of things blending in to different kinds of music. So, um, so why not this, I guess, and sort of that's my take on it. Does this open up the door for you in terms of working uh, in other styles of music, uh, or is this as far as you go when it comes to structure? This might be as far. I mean, you know, if someone gets me a gig with some pay, I'll pay Roots and Fifths, you know? Like, I I'm totally love doing, you know, stuff like that on occasion. But if I'm going to be spending my time, you know, we all have a limited time on Earth, so if I'm going to spend some of it making some stuff, I'd rather have focus on the things where it's really about the like my my personal contribution to it as opposed to being um like a functional role bass player you know which i think is a fantastic thing to do but it's just you know it's not my bag um so and i think like a lot of these songs that ariel has um lend themselves to some of these kinds of treatments in a way that's fun and i'm grateful that that she lets us do it <laughs> you know so. And and so far from what I've listened to you to together, you're taking music from your first your your solo album, Ariel, 
and and creating this new sound. Is that where the is where is that where the base of you two coming together is, or are you creating new music as well? And when I say new music, I don't again don't mean to be disparaging, but rather than adapting the music you already have, are you guys creating yeah, we, we fresh do tunes? Actually, more new tunes than we do off. And, you know, like the rest of what we have for you tonight, none of it. No, one, there's one other song that's off the Detangler, and the rest is all other new stuff. So how do you... It's, it's, I have to note, it's Ariel's, Ariel's a songwriter. I'm adding my elements, but the songs are Ariel's. With that in mind, do you, how, did you, how do you craft one of your songs together? Um, if you're the songwriter, is it the case that you, you write what you would write for, for like a traditional Ariel song and then bring it to Gaylord or are you two collaborating hand in hand from the beginning? Uh, so far it's been, I have songs that I've written and I bring them to the mm -hmm. table and say, here, what do you want to do with them? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one of the reasons I did have the strong inclination to reach out to Gaylord again was because I was starting to write songs that I wanted to have a lot more depth and, you know, stretchy weirdness to them. <laughs> and I wasn't able to do it on my own necessarily. Like for when I write a song, it's a pretty straight song. <laughs> so I needed help making them, stretching them out and making them weird and go into territories that were, had more flavors that I couldn't get on my own. Is it uh, kind of in the same way that you can stare at a blank page and imagine a Picasso, but you can't paint it yourself? If you if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Are, are you are you imagining? Are you composing it in yes. your head, but it's just not. Yeah. You just don't have the tools. Totally. Yes. To to stick them on Absolutely. paper. Yeah. How do you? I mean, this is this is Greek to me. I mean, this is as as far as what Gerwald does, especially. Uh, how do you communicate between each other in terms of what you want? Because to, to me, it's like looking into the cosmos, listening to your songs. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to try and describe what what, what it is. Uh, how how do you communicate this between each other? Um, <clears throat> I'll take it. Yeah, so please. Ariel will usually bring in a song that and um, be like, "Well, play it." She'll play it and. Um, uh, she'll often you know, give me the chord changes for it, so I'll have you know the written out music up here, and um, and then I'll experiment with some ideas based on what I'm hearing in the, both the lyric and the melody, and and what kinds of things I can do to stretch it out in different ways, and then um, and then it's like, hey, Ariel, what do you? How about this or how about that? And kind of hammer it out. Um, in that way and then also thinking of it as in terms of this whole like body of work or like a I think of it like a song cycle almost of it's like it's a collection of these pieces from Detangler but also this new material that Ariel is writing and then how do they fit into the flow of the set and like which textures do I want to apply like almost like a in a classical music relationship where you'd have a composer and an orchestrator or arranger. So, you, you know, a composer might nail down the melody and the changes and so on, and then the orchestrator sits down and says, okay, this part's going to go to the cellos and this part's mm -hmm. going to go to the percussion or whatever. And I think about what I'm doing as like an orchestration of her composition. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's what's happening in my head while yeah, we're doing that. That's, <laughs> that's totally, I would agree. So, yeah. I'd love to hear another song from you. Sure. Uh, so what have we got? Okay. <clears throat> should we keep going down the list or should we skip through? I don't know. Maybe we should... Maybe mean, we should do the French song? Yeah. So this is a new one. That's not from a detangler. We should just give up on the song. Give up on the set list. We're giving it's up like, seed. We're improvising. Exactly. Here we are. Going off the rails. <laughs> He's the one who came up with that list. Yeah, yeah, Just... right? like... <laughs> he had this brainy yeah, well, idea of we're going to do sentence. this. and <laughs> So this song is in French. Because <clears throat> I speak French. <laughs> Gaylord doesn't, but he's still riffing off of it somehow. <laughs> 
French song by Ariel the Vaughan and Gaylord DeWald. Uh, and so is it, is it officially titled the French song? It is. It is officially titled <laughs> the French song. Yes. And as I understand it, Ariel, you, you grew up speaking French uh, more so than your native English. You, you went yes. to French schools and, and to speak French around the house. Um, not around the house. My mother, I mean, my parents are American. I grew up with my mom and uh, I was horrified by her French. By her terrible accent, American accent, when she spoke French, so I did not allow her to speak French. <laughs> we only spoke English. It was but, very nice of her to acquiesce. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I, yeah, I was, I was more French than I was American outside of that. Yeah. Does, uh, does writing in French uh, allow for more freedom, less freedom, or is it just a, 
a different set of rules when you're writing a song in French? Um, you know, it's it's just it's kind of funny because I feel like I'm stretching myself nowadays because I don't ever speak in French um, anymore. I've been in the states now for a long time and uh, have only returned a couple times in the last twenty years, really, um, a few times. So, um, you know, when I was up until up until college, I was French minded and French thinking and French dreaming. And, um, it came much more fluidly to me than English. And now it's been a long time since I've, so it's, it's a funny, so now it's, I sort of can't speak either language very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So when I, it's, it's almost like an exercise to go back to, but because it's sort of my home heart, my childhood home, um, French definitely has a nostalgia for me and it brings up a very different flavor when I have uh, written songs in French. And, you know, it's French, it's very poetic and lovely. <laughs> so the songs tend to come out poetic and lovely. So when I want to make a nice, lovely song, <laughs> I try to write it in French. Do you, do you sit down ever writing something in English and then it, it occurs to you, you should write it in French or vice versa? Um, no, the French songs have just come because, I mean, the same, I guess, is that I have a thought or a phrase that sticks in my head and that's what the song comes out of or a feeling. But the feeling, you know, there's usually a phrase or... <clears throat> a uh, word attached to the feeling and it will either be in English or in French. I see. And as a, as a duo, um, how long have you, have you guys been making music for? <laughs> not that, not terribly long. Not very, very Since, long at all. I mean, we did that, we did that run of shows in like June. Yeah summer and we've been meeting regularly regularly since before that but yeah eight months i don't know yeah maybe so yeah. fa fairly new to yeah fairly new to to, to to the duo although you say eight months that was must have been just after your 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 album came out um the marshlands yeah the marshlands yeah. no it's around then yeah and around then. was it did you did you uh prepare too much beforehand before you, you went out live and did it on stage or um did you <laughs> yeah. take up Gaylord's kind of uh ideology of turning up and improvising no those ones we did fairly straight um yeah. although i mean straight we didn't have we didn't bring electronics yeah but the parts i mean i let I'm gaylord playing, be gaylord yeah i, <laughs> I never tried to page. not let gaylord be yeah. gaylord yeah <laughs> I wouldn't have asked him to play with me right. if I didn't want him to be who he was. But, and play and the that, way was he like, that was fun because you know I was able I'm you know able to play freely over the material, and we did it at this great punk place in Littleton called the Loading Dock, which I tell all of my Burlington punk friends and non-punk friends about. Like it's a, it was a fun venue, and they loved it there, and you know, we played it in like some dinnery cafe kind of environment and i was kind of curious like how's this gonna go over and they loved it like a couple yeah. old, older ladies at the table like yeah. stopped over I'm like that was really interesting I'm like they were into <laughs> it true. so that was encouraging you know to do that but like we got we get together regularly to 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 do the music and it like even though i'm you know making up my parts as i'm playing them the the rehearsal time is actually really important because it gives me a chance to hear how Ariel is interpreting the song at any given day, which is usually, it's consistent, but some days are, you know, sometimes are faster, some days are slower or whatever, and to feel out what the range of material there is. Um, like learning how to respond to her vocal gestures and how she's playing is like that's worthwhile time spent as an improviser so i don't know 
don't know if that answers the question. No, yeah, no, somewhat at least. Um, and where do you see you guys continuing on as as a group? Um, have you got other shows coming up? Are you going to release an album? Is that something that you can exclusively reveal on Big Heavy World? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, there's several different things developing in the works, I would say. Um, we are recording, or we're starting, I'm recording currently in Middlesex another album, and Gaylord has contributed some, some, playing, to some that. playing to that. Um, and then we are talking about recording just the duo stuff. Yeah, kind of the more outside version of things. Yeah. Yep. And um, put together more live shows. Yeah. Now you're both relatively experienced uh, with with recording albums. You've you've done two yourself, Gaylord. Um, I feel like you're probably constantly recording. It's yeah. just the nature of your being. Yeah. Um. So I usually save this question for for first timers. But what what about recording the recordings you've done so far together have uh is going to influence the way that you're recording in the future is there anything that you you two have discovered about each other that have become a surprise and is now going to change the path that you originally thought you were going on it's a very complex question yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think one thing that um and this is sort of a trajectory I've been on for a while, but uh, really honoring the live recordingness of things, like to, to balance recording things in parts with overdubs and carefully composed moments, which like with the modular synthesizer is a is sometimes an approach that's useful to take. You can lay down some things, you could, you know, and then and then perform over it. Like a traditional recording path might be to you know, lay down the drums and then lay down the music and then lay down the bass line. Whereas um, things like the French song that we just performed, it just wouldn't, like the bass part doesn't exist until she sings, the bass part and the singing happen at the same time. And so to do them separately is complicated. So trying to balance the um, like external elements that we'd like to add into the um, experimental kind of recording while also honoring the spontaneous liveness of kind of the moment of the, of the recording. And I'm lucky with like community of sound because we essentially have a studio so I don't have to book time and like get everything perfect in one take. We could do the French song 75 times and just pick the one we like as opposed to trying to rehearse it to be exactly the same. That's sort of what I'm thinking about with how we want to record some of these pieces. When, when you guys do record uh, as a duo, are you planning on recording in the Community of Sound uh, studio space, or are you going to go to your studio Middlesex, or the studio that you use? What's the plan for this? Well, I think right now there's both. Like Ariel's already begun work on the, on the album in Middlesex that I've contributed to, um, and then the experimental stuff, I'm guessing, would probably record at Community Sound. Or, but also, like, if find a way to get Bennett's a really good recordist, too. So, trying to find ways to implement. I'm just making this up on the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, like, just keep a lot of plates spinning all the time and see what takes off. Because I actually am also talking to Christine Stikos, who right. recorded The Detangler, about doing more at her place, Pepperbox Studio. And... Yeah, we doesn't even know this, but we've already said, and maybe Gaylord will come do this too. Gaylord will. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's. I think it's. I don't know. I'm a person who has to keep. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like it again. It ties into some interesting moments in the music industry or the world in general, where there's like there's the first version of a song or a version of a song, but then there's how many different flavors of it. Yeah. You know, like. Lil Nas can make Old Town Road, but then he can make it again, and then he can make it again. He wrote, he wrote one song, and he can ride that song, as it were, in multiple different ways. Definitely, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Like, he could just keep releasing it, and we'll all keep listening to it. And um, I feel that a lot of music is that way, where there isn't, like, one definitive 
version of it, there's lots of different ways to feel a song. Um, and so, like, I think what Ariel's doing, working with different production methods and producers, makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, uh, it's probably about time for another song. Sure. So what you got for me? What are you, what are you uh, going to pick this time? I don't know. <laughs> um, we could do Fickle Heart or Better Tales or... <laughs> yep, those are all on the list. Those are all on <laughs> the list. That we have abandoned. That we have abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So... Or, uh, you just do the spin around and point yeah, method. Spin and point. <laughs> Let's do Fickle Heart. Okay. Well, this is actually another one off Detangler, but it sounds a little different.
My Fickle Heart, there by Ariel Savon and Gaylord DeWald. So, Ariel, you mentioned that you are creating another album, another solo album. Is that is that right? Um, yes. Um, and I was curious, creating that album, have you noticed your style has changed at all after working with Gold? Gaylord, sorry, DeWald. It's going to smash the two <laughs> names but, together. Anything there. but late for supper. That's <laughs> um... Uh, Interesting question. Um, well, I definitely, you know, I mean, the, the more you practice a, an, a craft, an art, the more you evolve. So, of course, working, I mean, we've been working really pretty regularly together. Um, and so, of course, that's developing me as an artist, you know, and, and the way that I'm creating and... Um, yeah. So yes, the answer would be yes. <laughs> I suppose uh, literally every moment of your life influences the next moment of your life in some way yeah. or another. But you also, as an artist, you want to work with people that push you and challenge and expand. And so I think I've, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of silly, but we keep thanking each other for working together. <laughs> but I thank him all the time because that's definitely, you, it's really exciting when you find someone that, that does that that helps expand and push and create new things i mean it's not art if it's not creating new breaking territory right right (laughs) (laughs) um and as i understand you came to the the music uh creating music kind of late not late to the game late late to the game is fair to to say uh so you you were more of a performer an actor an actor uh prior to to dabbling in music and it wasn't until you kind of came up here and and homesteaded and and raised a family until you decided to get into music so yeah what what was the what was the spark that had you uh plunge in um yeah i did everything but music mm-hmm. i avoided it a lot i mean I, I it's not that i didn't play music and write songs i always have but i was very closeted about it um it's not something that i wanted anyone to that i could expose it just terrified me to expose it in any way so um <clears throat> and then really um the bridge that allowed me to come out <laughs> in public and do music was um a series of things in my life uh, you know, earth-shattering life changes, divorces, lost businesses, having children. Um, and then um, the Occupy movement happened. And my mother, who's a diehard political activist, was living in a tent uh, in Freedom Plaza in D.C. during the Occupy movement. And I started going down there, and I couldn't just go down there. I always have to do something, right? Like, I need a job if I'm gonna go somewhere for any reason. Can't just be a marcher like everyone else. And um, so I started writing parody songs for the movement. And I would come, and I had a little street cube and a microphone. And I was still terrified to do this, but it was because I had a motivating factor that was like my contribution to the Occupy movement. <laughs> and so I went and I did that and that was sort of what broke through to be like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna do this in public now and let people know that I sing and like to do it and write songs and that, does, was, so that was it. Does politics come into your music at all that sure. you've created since then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tend to not do those as much. <laughs> we do, we have, we have done some. Um, but yeah, I have definitely a a strain of songs that are very politically oriented, and then some that are just sort of. Politi- we have one on the set list. We do have one on the set list. Oh, maybe, maybe we can save that one till last. <laughs> um, and so um, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up next. Again, we kind of already alluded to it. You guys are hopefully getting in the studio and and creating your own uh, albums together as well as separately. Um, but um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing live. When, when, how can people see you? What kind of presence have you got in the outside world? 
<laughs> well, like we recently did a thing at Fringe um, Festival locally. Oh, I thought you meant the Edinburgh Fringe. Then. No, that would be we would awesome. like to do that. <laughs> Let's awesome. make that call. Let's have that happen. Yeah, <laughs> for the Burlington Fringe, which is also lovely. Yes, and um, we are kind of building out like a more like theatrical, like with costumes and lights and sets kind of version of performance for these, um, for this material that Ariel has written. So we're working on that. We don't have like a specific deadline or um, place that we're going to like premiere that. We should maybe do that and then... We're getting to it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, developing the the... the the songs into a much more experiential ex show than just a gig. Um, one of the things that we have, that I felt like when we tried those different styles of gigs in the summer, um, and they all worked, they did all work, but some were definitely more fun, more fun as far as being able to really like push and go out there. And so, and that gave me and my theatrical background, the, the desire to like really create something that was much more spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like taking advantage of the fact that you have like those skills and like, let's throw them into the mix. That was sort of the thinking, you know, that I had anyway, it was like, let's take advantage of that. You know, it's not like late to the game or whatever with music, it's developing this other aspect that will also be beneficial to the show. So making like a show out of it. So that takes time, and so we're, I think we're sort of we made a decision to kind of dedicate time to yeah. create to make that happen, and and yeah. not take as many yeah like gigs in the coffee meantime, shop but gigs or whatever yeah <clears throat> not that we're opposed to yeah no we'd love to <laughs> but, you know like doing costume development and like how do you perform in a costume of you know that is involved. It's kind of like taking something 2D and making it 3D. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's adding. It's definitely adding a dimension or two. Now you have to focus on six sides rather than just the, yeah, just the original because, one. Yeah, because we both aren't already focusing on enough stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of it. That's kind of where that seems to be the point. Wow, that sounds like it's going to be pretty incredible, and uh, I look forward to seeing. Your name's on a playbill at some point, <laughs> so I can I can come see this uh, theatrical performance. Um, we've got about time for one more song, so what have you got to play us out with? Should we do Black Oil? Do you want to do Black Oil? <laughs> <clears throat>
Black Oil by Ariel Zavon with Gaylord DeWald. Thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, not any time. Join us on the 4th of December when we've got Roost and Haley Jane. Uh, we're going to be taking next week off for Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, guys. This has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night.